To there will be drinking recaps. Twin Peaks. <laughs> 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 yeah, you, you were going for a Guinness World Record on I that one. Really was. <laughs> hey, I'm guess guess I what? The brown note. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> guess what? Guess what? Yeah, what? I'm back in the saddle again. I think because I'm Kate and I'm here, guys. I came back. I came back from the zone. I came back from the vortex. I'm here. I'm. I'm. You guys missed me. I we I went and visited her for a little while. You did. You hung out with me last week. In case you guys forgot. It's murder, y'all. Murder and Kate dream team together. It's almost as if. As if Harry Truman and Cooper got back together. That's what I feel like today right. is. It's, what would you call the dream team of the return? Uh, Albert and Cole. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Probably or Hawk and Andy. Hawk, well, no, Hawk and Newt Trubro. Oh, Hawk and Trubro. I yeah, feel yeah, real yeah, good yeah, about yeah. that. You know what? I do. I do really feel I feel. Well, I, well, or or Log Lady and Hawk. Or Log Lady and Hawk. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a distant relationship. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a functional one. <laughs> it's an important one. Uh, or, yeah. um, or who else? Uh, um, mm, that's, um, it. that's probably right. We probably uh, what about the... I mean, Janie and Dougie Jones. I mean, Janie and Dougie Jones. Um, I was thinking of Tim Roth and <laughs> whatever her name, Jennifer, Jennifer Jason, Jason Lee. Lee. Yeah, they're um, they're good. They're good candidates for that. <laughs> um, um, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, that's the extent of dream teamness. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad we. I'm glad we have built a bracket. Maybe like maybe like silence and drone shots yes. make a good dream dream team for this return. Um, uh there's a lot less like campy music. Electricity sounds and the woodsman. Oh, right. Electricity sounds and the woodman. Um um <laughs> um noshing on food and gory gory blood mess. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Noshing on food and uh, just si- and also silence and just silence. Also- no music, just silence. <laughs> um, yeah, or like children murders and Ooh, child murders, child murders and, and rambling. Rape. Right. Well, less rape actually in the yeah. return. I was thinking child murders and rambling fat women. Yes. Generally, those things go together. <laughs> um, I'm glad we built. Like again, I'm glad we built a bracket. Yeah, we're in the final eight episodes. Maybe oh, and are doing a my god, like a like a um Ma- March Madness, yeah. Twin Peaks Madness. Yeah, that's a real thing now. Twin Peaks Madness. Okay, Meredith, what? First off, did you miss me? Of course, I missed you. Okay, I'm so happy you're back. I missed you too. And um, yeah, I feel really bad to you, listeners, that you went a week without us. Number back. one, you're gonna get two episodes in a row this week. Although the one with Dan was magical. Okay, yeah, that was really fun. I love- Dan brought some fresh insight. Yeah, I just we, want to give a big shout out to we, Dan. We love him. We I loved love having him. him. It was great. He brought some fresh theorizing, and I appreciated that. Yeah, uh, but I did miss your sense of humor. I would say 
Dan did a good job of being me. I know he's like bearded. Yes. So yeah. Well, I did. I did ask him to shave. And uh, mm-hmm. and come dressed as a woman. Yeah. So I mean, he was pretty. Did he close. do that? Did he do that, or did he have like a five shot? I had. Data? I had to put on some eyeliner for him when he came here. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but good. it worked out. That's good. good. That's great. Did yeah. you dye his hair blue? I didn't. Oh, wig maybe would have worked. I know, but I just didn't have the time for that. I gotcha. I, you know, it's been busy. It's been the summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't, I, you know, wasn't the time. So, Meredith, and also you, he might have sweat too much. Yeah. Oh, in a wig? Yeah. Probably. It's, yeah. It's hot. So, this is New York. We don't have to <laughs> <full> air. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you ready to get into this episode? Well, I want to talk about our cocktail what? first. Oh my god! That I'm it's enjoying been so long. Yeah, uh, I'm enjoying it. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It is as always. And I guess should we should we call it Laura Palmer Hole in One now or something? Because Laura is the one. Oh, the one Laura Palmer. Yes, the only one. Laura is the one. This the golden this, ball. This Arnold Palmer is like a golden ball down your throat. Yeah. If I was going to swallow a golden ball of electricity, this is what if it would I was going like. to swallow some balls and hopefully I'd, I would prefer them to be golden. Right. And you know? flavored with bourbon. Well, flavored with tea infused bourbon mm-hmm. and lemon juice and mm-hmm. whatever and some water and ice and whatever amount of sweetener whatever you want. Sweetener. And a little honey. You know, you were thinking honey. with a straw it's or cold. not. Yep. Enjoy. We happen to have dick straws, so it actually kind of goes work. The yeah, we put sucking. big purple dick straws left over from my bachelorette party. It's amazing. Um, you guys, it's a summer drink. Yeah, it's a winter drink. It's all it's an all the time drink. It's an all the time drink. Yeah, you can make this like hot, probably even probably do like hot toddy style. Yeah, it's basically what it is, except yeah. for tea. This is a hot toddy, but cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah, yeah. All right, night <laughs> it. Are you ready for this app? I've never been this more happy, ready happy to discuss the thing in my life. I'm so ready. So we learn. We, we've we known that Richard Horn's a bad guy. But now oh, we I know, mean, yeah. <laughs> but now we know that he is a sociopath, an absolute insane person. Yeah. He goes to visit your new, our new favorite person, Miriam. Miriam. Who just her only real joy in Gentle life soul. seems to be. Christmas decorations yes. on the outside of this trailer. Yes. And also food. And those are two of my favorite things too, Miriam. I, so I love you. You're great. She You're a great addition to Twin Spoiler Peaks. alert. She turns out later to be baller. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't have to get into that now. But just so you know, she's already I don't know what you're talking great. about. I've only watched this episode, Caitlin. I just have a <laughs> feeling that she's amazing. That's all I'm saying. So she... Uh, so she... It gets confronted by Richard Horn and she is in her trailer. Yes. And Richard has this real weird charismatic way of coming up to someone's house. Like it's not a big deal. Like he just wants to have a conversation with them. It's not a big deal. And then he tells her, she tells him that she already called the cops on him and told I, him that, um, that told, told him them, that, yeah. that told them that, that Richard was the one that hit the little boy in his car and then drove away. And then also wrote a letter to the police station stating that he is the one again that did it. And if there is anything that happens to her, then that, then it's definitely Richard who did harm to her. Right. 
and then he asks, uh, when, when did she send the letter? And she said today. So he right. was like, well, I've got an inside guy, Chad, at the yeah. police station. I can intercept that later. And, and he doesn't say and, that out loud, but he's thinking, yeah, head. we heard it. In yeah. His head. And fuck up this bitch. So right. he breaks into her oh my trailer. Yeah. Beats her unconscious. Yes. Turns on the gas in the, the trailer and then has Oof. a candle and then has a candle lit. So uh, can I make a quick comment? Yes. So the shot to yes. which he beats her. Yes. Meaning like basically the really static shot of her trailer and right. the sound effects of him going in and beating her. Right. I loved. Yes. Because I just. We don't need to see every person. We get don't hit. need to see a ridiculous amount of violence. And I appreciated that we didn't. That it was yes. just suggested. The sound design was was creepy enough that I got the idea. Right. But I just love the static shot of this like pristine trailer. Yes. I agree with you. And then also that she um, comes in. That, that at the end we do see that she's knocked unconscious and bleeding from the head. At the end of the scene. Yeah. But that's still much easier to swallow than, than yeah. the actual action. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so he walks out, uh, is, you know, in a frantic, like manic mood that Richard I Horn mean, seems to get into. Psychotic. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just like a- manic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's insane. So he walks out, he gets on a phone and calls Chad and mm-hmm. says, you know, that bitch sent a letter to the police oh, lot, he department. He has such a nasty way of talking about yeah. people. It's he like, can't say a nice thing about anybody. But it's just crazy that he can flip on a dime like that. Uh, yeah, it's crazy, but it kind of fits with, it fits with what we know about him right now. Right, right. absolutely. From, so, from the moment we met him, he's been like this. It's just crazy. And so he, uh, so he gets in the car and is basically tells Chad that he's leaving town, So, but he needs to take care of uh, getting the letter yeah. from Miriam that, that she sent. To yeah, them. and Chad's like, I don't know, man. I'm already in a lot of trouble. Like, I'm already a shady character and I know it. But I guess so. Yeah. So um, then we cut to the Fat Trout trailer park. Mm -hmm. uh, And Carl's just sitting outside playing a little ditty, enjoying this beautiful song. I love him. I love Carl. And I love that he's just like a, a simple man trying to enjoy the few pleasures in life he has left for these final few years of his life you remember how in the very very first episode we did of this season where we were live yes in the yes. brewing uh-huh. and we talked about inviting uh cooper to thanksgiving because he looks like such an adorable right. man right i think we should also invite carl i would love love carl right tell him to bring his guitar it is my dream okay. to live in a trailer park that is managed by a man as nice as him okay let's have higher dreams than living in a trailer park <laughs> but how about just hanging out with carl so yeah I agree. I'd love to have Carl on Thanksgiving. He'd mm-hmm. be a lovely guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he just has a real nurturing way. way about him. Got a way about him. Yeah, real chill vibe. Mm-hmm. And um, But that's not the important part of the scene is we get a scene and all of a sudden he's playing a ditty and a, a coffee mug gets thrown out of a window mm-hmm. at a nearby trailer and it ends up being Becky and Steven's trailer. Of course they're living course in the trailer. Living in I didn't know that. Breaking but, things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's not necessarily hitting her, but he's assaulting her. I mean, it's dangerous. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but he, you know, he, he is hit, you know, he's yelling at her and giving her a hard time. Um, he's yelling at her and also like giving her a hard time about giving him a hard time. So yeah. at the very least, like she's, 
you know, he's not so bad like Leo, where Leo is like expecting Shelly to be like scrubbing the floors with a tooth toothbrush kind of situation. Okay. You know, like he she at least is like a little bit sticks up for herself, but at the same time, like he's yelling at her, like, I I you know, I'm looking for a job. You can get a job. You don't even make that much money. And right. then also the the interesting thing about their argument is though he goes, you know what you did at the end of the argument. I don't know what she did. I don't know what she did either. I'm no. going to assume maybe she did all of their coke. I don't know. Oh, maybe because she also had seems to have some kind of like drug. Yeah, problem. they yeah. both have some sort of substance abuse problems, but I have no idea what that could possibly be. You know, what's interesting is that this abusive relationship uh, and mainly him being the abuser, obviously, right, right. Um, is a little bit different than Shelly and Leo. Oh, it's definitely. Yeah, it's different. But um, it's not tor- it's not night and day. No, but from what like from what we've learned from watching Pretty Little Lies, which guys you should watch. Yes, by the way, it's yes, another great show. Yes, um, abusive relationships. Like, uh, even if the man is the reason for the abuse, like they hit each other. Just yeah, because of the toxic environment. Yeah. Oh, so it's it, I like how the portrayal of this is more complex than the Shelly Leo situation. Yeah. I mean, every there's, there's shades of gray in every year. In every dim- situation. Yeah, exactly. So, but there's something about the Shelly Leo thing, probably just cause it was the nineties and cause it was on network TV, but it had this very cookie cutter. Oh yeah. Abusive husband, like law and order. And it was over the top. Yeah. It was a, dra- a dramatization more, of it. This is more like, Oh my fucking God. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, and also cause he shows her love. Yeah, in a fucked up way. Yeah, he told, yeah. but he like tells her that she's beautiful and takes her to dinner and tells her that he's, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and t- she speaks in the like way that is truly delusioned. Like, yes. He's terrible and I complain about him, but I love him. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of true to form. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then we go to Vegas. Uh, we're, we're in Vegas all the time. We're in Vegas now. We're always in Vegas. I love. I'm liking what I like Vegas. In Vegas. Right I'm now. happy with Vegas too. Vegas is developing Heather's into nice. a very interesting place. There's plenty of characters, and I love OG. I love I visiting like OG Coops, even I, if it's Dougie low. has grown on me. Yeah, I know you don't love their dialogue, but I it's grown on me a lot. Yeah, especially this last episode, it grew on me. I like it. So, so we get to a very Lynchian scene here. It's very long where mm-hmm. Candy walks in trying to flaunt a swat. Watson this? to the Meacham house. They're in the Meacham house. Okay. Yeah. So the Meacham, mm-hmm. I guess, I guess these three pink ladies live with them or mm, we don't know. Servants what is of this? I don't know what it is. Harem. I don't know what it is. Sisters. But they're living in an awesome mid-century modern house. Oh yeah. And I, know. I love beautiful. it. I know. And so, so I even like their pink outfits. So, uh, yeah, so Rodney Meacham is working on some sort of like, you know, like security logs for the mm-hmm. for the Silver Mustang. And Candy walks in. She's trying to swat a fly. And then at some point she picks up uh, a television remote and then the fly lands on Rodney's face. So she hits him and she's mm-hmm. like freaking out. Mm-hmm. But I will say like, I like the Meachams for gangsters. Yeah. They're not like, yeah, they've got these ladies around, but like, they treat, they treat everyone, all of their employees with fairness. The, yeah, they beat the living shit out of them. But yeah. at the same time, like. I didn't love that can't. Well, 
so at first I was like, Candy just collapses into this inconsolable, right. like, I hit you, how you will ever forgive me. Meanwhile, she's in the company of a gangster, somebody who uses right. violence as a tool. Right, right. And she like is like, I'm a terrible person. And I didn't like that until I learned more and more about Candy. Right. And then I realized like, these three women are like vapid gargoyles who just follow them around as symbols of whatever. But they're not like, it's not obvious that they're like being used as sexual objects. So it's kind of fine for me as a symbolistic thing. I like, I'm totally fine with their characters. Yeah, no, I just mean too. like, I just... I'm comfortable with this type of gangster. This seems like a gangster. Oh, don't, like, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm fine with gangsters. In this, no, I just <laughs> you mean, know, like, as a portrayal, it's these, great. These are like the types of gangsters that just like do take care they of do their gangster things. And they, but they take care of their family. Fa- family's very important. Right. Right. So they live the Fast and the Furious lifestyle. Exactly. Where family is important. Exactly. And even though we put our women in low cut tops, they, we treat them like family. Exactly. Yeah. And they, yes. that's why I was like, the okay. Fendi's away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like also like, classy rat pack vibe it, i like, do like this vibe a lot yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm totally into it's them. very mad men yes like their home was very yeah, mad they're men like and frank their sinatra style was re- yeah i did i love them and i like the three girls i i normally would rant and rave about it but i feel like they were they're they're literally like walking men but it's also van- it's like they're vegas showgirls they're showgirls yeah. yeah but they're not being used as like like they're they're purely objects and nothing else. They're yeah. not even women. They're just like empty yeah, casket. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh. So. So anyway, it's just I like I like the way this scene went. It, yeah. Me too. Really it made fun. me laugh. Yeah. It, I really. <laughs> and then the weather. I was like, well, it's that hot happens every day. In, yeah. That happens in a different. Oh, that happens in a. Different, I think it happens in that one because he di- turns on the thing. That happens in a different scene later oh, in the episode. All right. Well, but sorry. This is just where she gets. She hits him. This is just where she hits him. But that's she. Right, that's right. I just real again and too like I like that she's freaking out like feels so bad that they're like it's fine like I'm gonna be they're like fine. go you, away you're like dumb yeah we like get you realize it. you did not hit me on purpose like I know double. they kind of love Candy yeah for all of her That's flaws what I'm I, I know it. I like it too so okay so then finally Danny E and Dougie visit the doctor trying to figure out why he's acting so strange mm-hmm. and the doctor seems to know them both very well. And then she recounts that he started acting weird when he returned from a three day bender. Right. Uh, so we learned that he's really only been back a couple of days since that. Right. So it's really not been a lot of time lapsed. Right. Um, and then she and then the, the really weird things that she's she's like, yeah, he's in really good shape, like for being on a bender. And uh, like he's lost some good weight in like a good way. Yeah. And I just love it's like it, the fact that in these like few days that he's been back this is the first time she's seen him shirtless mm-hmm. or maybe the first time she's like realize like recognizing how him. different he is yeah I don't know out of the chaos of her life as a it's mother yeah so and funny wife. and she starts get you can tell she's starting to get hot hot I, hot for him okay Kyle McLaughlin hot bod looks good yeah he looks real good also these this episode and the last episode I've noticed that um for David Lynch, a rarity and something that I enjoyed is age appropriate women going after age appropriate men. Yes. Yeah. And like, and yeah, I just really like, like he was hot and Naomi Watts, they're within like the same age range yeah. and they're hot for each other. And I was like, yeah. Yes. Well, and then, 
this this is where the scene after this, after the the uh-huh. where she's like starting to get hot for him. Mm-hmm. We go back to the Meacham Playboy Mansion. Right. Uh that's where the Meacham Playboy Mansion. It yep. just got a Hugh Hefner like classy does. vibe. It does. Like you know, not classy, but you know, I don't know. It's just Yeah, funny. they stick cigars in places. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a grotto. So she Candy's distraught in the corner sitting by the television after hitting oh, him right, 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 after right, hitting right. her when boss. I made that comment about and her. then yeah. uh he's like he's just being so sweeter he's like it's fine, fine. i'm gonna be fine candy it's, i mean but i guess he's like tra- she really hit him though yeah she yeah. pegged like yeah fucked up in his face so she so i guess i don't know i'm assuming he's trying to kind of drown her out and just kind of let her cry it out right. so he turns on the television and it's the local news which Amazing scene here. Local news. The Vegas local news. Oh my god! A, 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 an Asian woman, I think, is literally in like a silk, like Japanese, yeah, like, kimono. I know, like, dress. but it, and it's then, so Vegas. Oh, it's so fun. And then like some white guy who's too tan, and they, with a I, toupee, with an yeah. obvious toupee. And so they have to roll the die to see where <laughs> they're gonna go in the local I news love reports. This. Uh, or in the so news cheesy. the news reports and they yeah. go to the local news and this uh-huh. is where the Meachams learn one that Ike the Spike is been arrested right which we also learn apparently that they had a hit out on for him out right. on him and he's an enemy of theirs right so they were really happy with this uh, outcome mm-hmm. and then they show uh, because they the reason that they got him was because you know this at- attempted assassination right on OG Coops and of course, the first person they then they they learn about it, you know, through the local news, they the very you know, that he was the one that was the victim of the attack. Right. And what's weird, too, is that the first person who gets like a witness one, like a witness testimony in this like news story is this one woman who goes victim. No, no, that guy was no victim. Douglas Jones moved like a cobra. Right. So it's definitely like they are starting to put together in this episode um, what like that that Douglas Jones somehow one he's not a victim he seems to almost have been like this attack in some way the the fact that maybe he was knowing this attack was coming because he didn't act like a victim right so maybe in okay. some like that ties Ike the Spike, you know, their enemy to Douglas Jones. And then also Douglas uh, Jones yeah. happens to be the guy that won all those jackpots right. and now also works for the insurance company uh-huh. that 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 we learn later that got that stiffed them. Right. Thirty million dollars. So I think they're starting to become suspicious, at least as suspicious of him as being involved in some sort of crime some network. Some sort in of general. crime network. Yes. Yes, uh, yes. Not necessarily like what he actually did to them. Right. But it has become suspicious related of him. to them. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so, but still candy crying in the corner just asks, uh, you know, it's like, how will you ever love me if now that I, if I have to hate right. you and they just don't even give her the time of day because they have more important things to focus on. But I also love, this is another thing I love about them. What score one, another one for the Meachums is that they have the Jack, Jack Donaghy, uh, just like um the Jack Donaghy theory of dressing that it's after 5 p.m. you put on a tux because they're not a farmer. Yeah, that's true. They do put on tuxes. They're very well dressed. I just love that. I, they they have a very like old school way about them. I know. So I love that. Which, so, 
I I like it aesthetically. Yeah. I wouldn't want to live in that world, but no. I like it aesthetically. It's super fun to watch. But it's fun to watch, yeah. Uh, and so follow up on the, the previous scene before this. Yeah. Janie and OG Coops are sitting Ooh. sitting down in the yeah. at the dining room table. Yeah. OG Coops is going to town on some chocolate cake. Yeah. Just totally going to town. Mm-hmm. Uh, eating it like huge bites. I think he probably ate that entire thing in like four bites. <laughs> and Janie E is like starting to get like labored breathing oh, and like possibly yes. touching herself and starts asking Cooper if he was attracted to her, mm-hmm. which you've never once in all the years that you've been together and conceived a child asked your husband if he was, she was attracted to you. I've... Ugh. It seemed like I, no, the first time I've asked that question to my husband. The, but it's I don't know what it was. It's, it's not just, like you want it's not like you don't know the answer. It's just like you're you're opening a window. It's just like, do you think I'm pretty? It's a dumb fucking question to ask. But it's just it's just like you need like I get it. I think this I is know. the most realistic dialogue I've gotten out of Janie E before. I know. I just I just seemed like they had it was the first time that they've been intimate ever. Uh, I don't know why. Yes, I do. See, I do see what you mean. It seemed very innocent. Yes, it started very innocently. That's yeah. what I mean. Like it didn't seem. It didn't seem people who were familiar with each other. Gotcha. That's the part that it was unusual to me. So anyway, I have asked that question though before. Yeah, I I get that. I mm-hmm. get like being like, do I look good at this? But she was I look playing okay? it I look emotionally as if they had never, never done anything. Yes, yeah, and that's you. what I was confused by. So. Right. But it doesn't matter because the scene that follows these this line of dialogue is the best scene in the entire world. And Kyle MacLachlan deserves all the awards. Oh, my God. I loved it. Makes, I laughed out loud. He's flying as he's having sex with Janie E. His arms are flopping. His arms are <laughs> flopping. And he makes the perfect face for a man who is both confused but pleased with what's happening I to his know. body. I love like, it. That's the perfect face. He did I it. I love it. Yeah. Also, um... Kudos to David Lynch's directing. And I maybe this wasn't him. I don't know if I can give kudos to David Lynch, but I hate sex scenes where the woman seems like she's having an orgasm in a position that I know for a fact you don't have an orgasm in. That's an orgasm position. But that's an orgasm position. So when she had it, I was like, I believe it. (laughs) I believe all that's happening right now. I was like, thank you for a believable sex scene. Yeah. I mean, also, he's not moving. So she can pretty much like do whatever she wants. Yes. Yes. This episode was so far out of like the Lynchian misogyny that I was like, yeah, okay, cool. It was funny. Yeah. He loved it. Uh, Then we go to uh, back to Twin Peaks from here. Uh, We we get a shot of of Dr. Amp or Dr. Jacoby uh, hosting another conspiracy laden vid pod. Uh, But what's really important is that we learned that Nadine, where she's normally where we had seen her previously watching this show right uh is actually a small business owner now yes and she is running she has a store called run silent run drapes that just just has the drapes running back and forth silently in the in the shop window but also it reveals a golden shell like right so she's like part of this cult she loves him and she she, at the end of his rant she goes he is so beautiful and okay, I love that we're like we're getting more depth with Nadine, but I want to at least know if Big Ed is alive or not. I know, me too. Also, what's going on with Mike? 
Yeah. I just want to know. Oh, my God. What's yeah, we did Mike? see Mike at one episode and we've never seen him again. That's a good point. What's going on with Mike? Do they still have a thing going on? Because that was the best sex that, of his life. That would be really funny. Um, I, I, the last time I heard Dr. Jacoby talk, I was like very much reactive in that I thought he was like mirroring what fucking Breitbart sounds like. Right. But this time he was, the way he was ranting, I was almost on board with it. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of talking about like he's um, he's, li- he's always been liberal. So like he was still like he's just but he's still libertarian like a right yes, now. Yeah. yeah. And so but but this time, like his rant was about like feeding kids sugar coated chemicals and then the, well, like, like how pharmaceutical government making money everything. off of pharmaceuticals. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? You're kind of right, Jacobs. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you're cray cray, you're kind of right. Pharmaceuticals own everything. They do. They own the morgue. That's what he says. He owns. Yeah, they own the morgue. They own the morgues. They, they own the, the funeral, funeral homes. homes. <laughs> they make Sounds, money at every. There's a racket in funeral homes, man. You, they're all owned by the same conglomerate. Even the family-owned ones are like all franchises. Yeah, they yeah. because they get all their supplies from the same place. It's pretty intense. Yeah, they're very like weirdly competitive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, funeral homes are weird. Uh. Then we go two quick scenes here. We get Janie E and OG Coops are leaving for the day after their beautiful night of bliss. Yeah. And she just tells him how wonderful he is and he can't stop thinking about last night. And she's just so happy. Yeah. That's it. And then we go to uh, the forest again where Jerry Horn is still lost with no cell service. Uh, and he gets very frustrated what here. Doing? I don't know. <laughs> well, he gets very frustrated here and looks up, shouts to the sky. You can't fool me. I've been here before. Is he looking for what? Do you think he's really on drugs or do you think he really, there really is something happening? I think there's something happening to him. I think him. so too. Yeah. Just because most things that could be explained in the Twin Peaks universe by drugs end up being something else. Yeah. I think in this case so. too, like he's just smoking weed. Yeah. I mean, and he could be doing and, mushrooms, but I guess yeah. still it's that's a long time to yeah. be high. Yes. And all, I mean, I guess we don't know how long he's been there. Right. To be fair. Right. Like his, his everything in terms of chronology of this show. Yeah. I think that there are definitely multiple storylines. They're all close together. But you mean like in time in time? Yeah. I think that they're all happening at the same time. That they're happening at different times. Oh. Not, not vastly different, but close. Okay. Um, like it's possible. I, I, I can't remember exactly some, some theories that I've heard, but like Cooper's story, like, so what's happening in Twin Peaks and what's happening in Buckhorn is happening a few days before what's happening in Vegas, because that what the event, I see the event is Cooper coming back that they're all trying to get to. Right. Right. I see what you're saying. So I don't know. But, but they're not they're regardless they're not like right they're not vastly different right they're not vastly different in so time. what i'm saying is, is that there could be a chance that jerry's only been there for like three hours like got you yeah i don't i don't know so um but it's hard thing, to tell the thing that with jerry that makes me feel like it's not just drugs it's just that he's in the woods yes those woods are those that's, woods oh exactly yeah. no that's exactly why i do think that there could be some, right there's likely something up with him um then we go to Twin Peaks Police Station, uh, Sheriff Station, where we see Chad trying to take care of business. Chad, I hate you. And he comes out to have a very condescending conversation with our friend Lucy. <sighs> and he's like, hey, 
it's a beautiful day today. Um, you look like the type of person who enjoys a beautiful day, you and Andy. And then, you know, she, of course, talks to him and starts she's talking. a nice person. Yeah, she's a nice person. Even though he's a dickhole. But he's like, hold up, wait a minute. Actually, something more important's happening. I'm going to go get the mail from the mailman oh, outside. Let me go get the mail. And, I'm a nice person. And she's like, but he's going to come inside. And she's like, no, but I want to go outside and enjoy the beautiful day that we were talking about. And I'll get the mail. And so... He goes up and Lucy's like, uh, 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 uh. You've never been nice a day in your life. You, something's up. Something's going so on. So she rolls over in her little rolling chair and is looking out the window to see what's happening to, what's happening between the mailman and um, Chad. Mm-hmm. The mailman's even a little suspicious, but eventually he drives away. Right. And Chad is smart enough to keep his back basically to where Lucy would be watching him. Right. And manages to grab the letter from Miriam, put it in his shirt, and then turns around and Tucks Lucy it is into his fucking to, gross. Lucy is is no no wiser to the situation. So, dear Chad, I hate you. Love Kate. From there will be drinking recaps. <laughs> dear uh, actor who plays Chad, the previous letter was not directed towards you personally. Love, Kate, from There Will Be Drinking Recaps. <laughs> well, he immediately afterwards texts Richard to let him know Done. that it's been taken care of. Yeah. And um, and and he receives the message. So now that he knows that he's free and clear, Richard Horn's got some business to take care of before sure. he leaves town. Mm-hmm. Um, and we head to the Horn Resident, which is definitely not the Great Northern Hotel anymore. I mean, I knew that kind of when we saw Johnny ram his head in the previous episode into the wall. I assumed that it was somewhere different than the Great Northern Hotel. But I think this is like pretty clear distinction that they don't live there anymore. Right. Johnny survived right. that head ramming, which right. is a surprise. But his face is super fucked up. Right. And so and he's wearing a helmet. So yeah, he's wearing a helmet. His face is like wired shut. His he's got basically like a tumor growing from his cheek. Right. And he has got like what is looks like a Teddy Ruxpin with like the with the, with the cloth ripped off of his head. So it's just a robot just a clear bubble that keeps saying, "Hello Johnny." How and it has like a weird mouth. It has like a gold like <sighs> mouth. Well, it's only it doesn't even have a mouth. Like it has it? like it has like an, a mouth opening. Yeah. Okay. So, but like the fabric of the head is taken is off. gone. Right. And so, and it only and it keeps repeating, "Hello, Johnny. And it How are you up today?" Too. It's yes. like an old school light bulb. Uh, and it only and it literally repeats itself like every Hello, Johnny. second. How are you today? It only pauses like maybe a second. Or you know what I kept thinking between. of when as that kept going and going and yeah. going was um uh Johnny Carson. Oh, interesting. Just thinking of "Hello, Johnny." Yeah. I was thinking also too, like kind of like uh, a 2001 Space Odyssey, just like how, how, like that, just like that repetition. Either way, it was unnerving. Yes. Yeah. Like, well, there's always something unnerving about robotic speak. For, for uh, right, right, right. So, uh, but while he's sitting there, uh, we get an intercom like from their, I guess they live in a gated community. The front gate calls Sylvia Horn to tell her that her grandson is driving up to the house. And she looks genuinely terrified about this. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, we know why. So I, I would well, be terrified as well. But you don't necessarily know, like, 
what their relationship is. So now, like, it's clear. No. Yeah, true. It's clear that they're been terrorized by him in the past. Right. Uh, that they have a legitimate fear of him. Right. And so he comes, she comes and meets him at the door and tells him that he can't come in. And he's like, well, I want to just come and see you. And then he just, like, basically barges right in, pushes her, starts choking her to death. And says that he needs money. He needs to get the fuck out of there. And so she's like, here, take my purse. He goes like, no, I want the goddamn, you know, I want the the code to the safe. To, yeah. She's afraid for her life, eventually gives it to her. And yeah. also Johnny is in the, also like seems to want to help fight or do something. No, and he falls off his chair poor and he's just John. freaking out. He's tied to the chair. He's a big guy too. Imagine if he, he hadn't been tied guy. up. He would have fucked his nephew up he would have yeah he like probably has no inhibition in that kind of sense he probably just would have gone for it and so um eventually he gets the safe she's like on the ground and like screaming for johnny who's on the (laughs) ground too and just like looks and then we also have the bear still going and there was some good music too that went with that bear the The mood in this whole episode (sighs) this scene is just so unnerving i liked I didn't like what happened. I like the scene. I love. Mm-hmm. Yes. I like the scene so a lot. Richard ends up going in the safe, getting like what looks like probably at least like Thousands ten of dollars, to yeah. ten to twenty thousand dollars in cash. He right. takes her silverware, her jewelry, then takes her purse and then throws it all in there. Yeah. And he like, OK, you got everything you wanted, Richard. But right. like, he ha- he couldn't leave the house without saying, why do you have to make something so easy, so fucking difficult? You cunt. Yeah. She was grandmother. At like, one point he called her got, a cocksucker too. Yeah. I was like, you've got you everything you wanted. Like that? Just leave. I well, I mean, he's psychotic. He yeah. hit a child. He killed a child. No, that's right. There's nothing that could be That's what I'm saying. You know. I'm more making the point that like he he is like a sociopath. Like he's yeah. He's terrifying. I can't wait till he dies. Yeah. I so. hope. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I can only assume that someone that awful gets killed. But, yeah. You know, there is no justice in this world. Who knows? Who knows? Yes. Um, anyway, so we have to go back to one of our new favorite places, mm-hmm. which is Las Vegas. Yeah. And we're hanging out with Mr. Todd, who looks like a kind of a lovely fellow for somebody who runs a crime yes. ring. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting at his desk in his fancy ass office and he calls in Roger and he's like, Roger. It's true. They have arrested Ike because Ike worked for Mr. Todd. We're guessing yes. at this he point. He was the one that he, Mr. He Todd, called him. So, you know, Mr. Todd, the Lorraine thing. Yeah. And he, then, well, Mr. Todd gets like, and it has that magic box behind him that he right. receives like, like coded messages right. from, from, uh, from, uh, Coop. Poopy, 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 Coopy. Coopy. And so it's clear that like all of the hits on Lorraine, Ike hired uh-huh. by Ike the Spike. To try and get OG he's involved Coop. in this. He's, he's the like, one running all Poopy of Coopy's those. Because he's got murders. his finger yes. on Mr. Todd. Yeah. Um. And then so anyway, so Anthony Sinclair, the insurance agent that works with Dougie, right, is sitting outside. Um. Uh. I guess Roger's like he should come in. Um. And and Anthony Sinclair comes in, and um. There's something I really love about this scene. This scene like establishes a lot of things into motion. Well, it just it just. Puts so many pieces in Vegas. That, uh, didn't, that didn't make any make sense, sense. And that makes sense. Yes. yes. See, I love things making sense. I don't know how long I can hold on to this um, phenomena. But well, I just am starting to have more faith that things that I didn't think were ever going to be important again are actually important. Yes. important. Yeah, I and, like that. And I 
Because I... I don't know how long it's going to last. I think it is. Regardless, at least it's still making... The, they're still putting the... Like, putting them in the plot. Yeah, like I'm in just... the actual plot. I just have held on to plot with David Lynch before and then been disappointed. Or not disappointed, I'm but not, been disjointed. I'm not... Yeah, so I'm, I'm not, not counting on my the, hopes I'm not up. counting on the plot making sense forever. Right. But I am more pleased that at least everybody I was introduced to is going to have a payoff. Yeah. Like. yeah and that's yeah, yeah. really all that, that they're all connected. That, ma- that matters to me much more than like a plot. Than a plot. Right, right, right. You want all the characters to be yeah. connected. You want to be like, why am I introduced to all these people? Exactly. I don't want it to be a complete waste of my time. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. Um, the, but okay. So there's dialogue in here that I really love, which is where uh, Anthony Claire comes in to talk to Mr. Todd and Mr. Todd's like, Hey, you know my uh, mortal business enemies, the Meacham brothers. Yes. And Anthony Sinclair's like, yeah, 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 no problem. And I just love this establishment of like, hi, you know my my arch nemesis, right? I'm like, yeah, of course, yes, yes. It's almost as if like Batman like called in Alfred and was like, Alfred, you remember the Joker, right? And well, Alfred's like, yes, yes, of course, of course. Well, well, okay, well, let's talk about it. Well, especially- It just made me laugh. Well, it's also, I mean, yeah, there's definitely should be some casualness between the two of them because it seems like, the whole reason to begin with that the Meachams didn't get their insurance claim was because Todd told him not, no, I, not to get it. I get that. I just think yeah. it's f- a funny way for somebody to refer to their arch nemesis. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, do you do you know? Yes. Have you heard yes. of my arch nemesis? Which I probably clearly have already hired you previously. And then the reaction to, is like to make sure that they didn't get their insurance. The claim. reaction is not grave. Not like, oh, yes. The reaction is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm hmm. Move on. What what else? Yes. What yes. else I'm is there? Familiar. I know I'm of them. I'm familiar with that claim I met them was arson. With the with the gargoyle ladies? Yes. yes. I know them. I, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. I sold sure. them their, their policy. I know exactly who they are. Yes. I know where they live. Um <laughs> anyway, he's like, listen, I uh you are going to tell the Meacham brothers that they're getting denied their claim for that thing that burned down, that it got rolled as arson, and that the person whose fault it is is this Mr. Douglas. Jones. Yes. And make sure you let them know that Douglas Jones is their enemy and conspired against them. And then we're going to watch them kill Dougie. And we're not going to have to deal with all this stuff with OG Coops, who we are terrified of, obviously. Right. And Tony, if you don't convince them that Dougie is their enemy, then you will go ahead and have to kill him. Yes. And Anthony Sinclair does not look like a killer, but he looks a bit like a coward. And so I believe that he'd do it. Yes. He's definitely a coward. Um, so now we have a fun, fun scene that I know you loved. Yeah, oh, I love I totally. Love um, it. it's in this little restaurant, and Constance and Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are sitting down for some din din. Yes, and they are laughing, and they are having the best date I could ever imagine. Agent Rosen. Cranston Boob Guild. What is his real name? I'm never going to Albert Rosenfeld. What is Agent Albert Rosenfeld's best date he's ever been on in his life? Um, And then who is spying on them but uh, Gordon Cole and Tammy? Yes. And they are just, they think it's the cutest thing. I think it's the cutest thing. And you think it's the cutest thing. And anyone who doesn't think it's cute, you fuck yourself. Go get the fuck. Go. Stop listening to this podcast. Stop it. Stop it. They are adorable together. I can't imagine there's not a single person that's not into it. Someone out there is. Yeah. And I feel bad for them. Yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> but how familiar do you think Tammy and Cole are? There's like a familiarness in this scene. That oh, I, they're fucking. Yeah. 
I mean, I, but that was suggested earlier when they were like, I know. When Den- remember Denise was like, but you was have a record with younger it. women. I, was, I know. I was really hoping then, that like, Cole would be professional, but apparently Cole, he can't. Be. And then Cole grabs her lower back in the scene. And I was like, no, the first time I've seen them touch. Disgusting. <laughs> Especially disgusting because Tammy's always bringing him tea and like, Tammy, where's the file? And she's like, here you are. <laughs> Fucking the amount that she waits on him like a handmaiden. But she's and then also he touches good. Her. She's a good agent, though. Too. And now and he's <laughs> using her to bring him tea yeah and there's like a 30 year age difference yeah i'm upset okay but we are our listeners already know how upset i am about I it know. so we don't have to get into that let's appreciate the age appropriate relationship and the equally respectful relationship that is uh Rosie also, perfectly matched Constance. oh perfectly matched they're both like they both are forensic specialists. I know they have a similar sense of humor, which similar. is to say kind of dark and wrong. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. They're, I mean, they do work with dead bodies all the time. So. I want them to repopulate the earth. Yeah. <laughs> I would I be fine with that. Everyone else can die. They can repopulate the earth. I'm fine with it. Um, okay. So now we're going back to Vegas uh, after that little vignette. Um, and Tony is doing what he said he was going to do to Mr. Todd. And he is at the Silver Mustang Custi- Casino. And we know he's there because we're watching through the security cameras that the Meachams are watching. Yes. And they're like, what the fuck is that insurance guy doing here? And so they send Candy. Candy and the girls are standing in the back being gargoyles. Yes. That's all they do all day. Yep. When they're not making drinks. Yep. They're standing in the back in the same positions, staring off or into doing space. M- mild man air. At some point, they're going to break out into song. Right? Yes. At some point, they're both going to be like, do I hope, if only. I certainly hope so. We watch people die in the security room. They get kicked in the stomach and their hips break. And we stand here and look really pretty. And sometimes we make drinks for the men. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry, you were like, is this song over yet? Nope. <laughs> I was into it. Um, anyway, so is there like candy? And of course, because it's candy, they have to ask her like four times. Candy! And they're like, go get this insurance guy. Um, and they watch as candy goes downstairs. They're watching on the security things. And she goes and she starts talking to um, Tony Sinclair. And she starts pointing at stuff. Right. And whispering to him. Uh-huh. And you noticed yes. that she's pointing to the slot machines that OG Coop won it on. It seems like it. It seems like it. Okay. Yes. I just thought she was like just being candy. Right. Which is to say a ditz. It seems like, I mean, she just seems to be pointing at an awful lot of things. Uh, like, okay. And I just, that's kind of my theory. Mm-hmm. Is for some reason she's pointing at the, the slot machines. She's like, yeah, they went there and they won there and they won there. Right. But I do love the exaggerated of her pointing up both hands at the, like to the sky at some point. And she's like pointing forward with both hands. I'm like, who points that way? She's a weirdo. Yes. I like candy a lot. Yes. Um, anyway, so they, they end up calling someone else to like rot, you know, ring in this whole candy situation. Well, also, I love the other thing that they say too in this scene about her is uh-huh. that they, they're like, I don't know what to do with her. And they're like, yeah, we can't fire her because she has nowhere, she has to, nowhere go. else to go. And I was like, that's so thoughtful. I, I love them. They're thoughtful. They're like, yeah, she's dumb. And I love she them. There. And sometimes she hits me in the face on accident. But you know what? She's got nowhere else to go. She's got no, we got to take care of her. We got to take care of her. I love her and the that. other girls who don't speak. Anyway, so <laughs> um, Candy and Tony Sinclair gets riled up upstairs. And they're like, Candy, what were you telling her? Him. And she's like, what? 
And they're like, Candy, what were you telling him? And she's like, oh, it's, it's going to be really hot outside. And it's great that we have air conditioning. Yeah, that they're very blessed. Uh, where in Vegas do they not have air conditioning is my thought. Good question. Like, there's not an indoor space in Vegas that doesn't have I wouldn't want to live in Florida. I wouldn't want to live in Vegas. There's nowhere you... I definitely wouldn't want to live so, in Arizona. Yeah, you're without- right, Candy. You're blessed that air conditioning exists, but it's not ridiculous that a multi-million dollar <laughs> casino has air conditioning. Yes. Anyway. It would be ridiculous if it didn't work. Oh, Candy. <laughs> um, so, Tony... Is like, hey, remember that insurance claim I made for you that I was in charge of and then it burned down. And so like maybe I'd be in charge of the claim. Well, guess what? I wasn't. Yes. And it was actually Douglas Jones. And Douglas Jones ruled that it was arson and he's going to do everything in his power to make sure that you don't get your claim. And he's your enemy. He's your enemy. And they're like, okay, that's it. Yeah. Like, that's all you have to tell us. We don't care about you. Yeah. And he's like, all right. And they're like, Candy. They still please. believe him, though. They do, but they're they're very much like, fine. Yeah, we don't want to like like we, we also it. don't we understand. trust you. We don't regardless. trust you, and also like, quit repeating yourself, bro. Like, yeah. we have four four ears. We have two sets of ears. We understand what you said, right? Please get out of here. Yeah. And then he turns around and yells, and he's like, "You have an enemy in Dougie Jones." And yeah. they're like, "Okay, bro. Literally, we we're mob bosses. We have lots of enemies, right? In fact." Earlier, when your boss announced to us that we were his arch, en- like he's just one of our enemies, right? So, like, calm down. You're right. Okay, thanks for the message, but you could have texted. <laughs> <laughs> you could have written a goddamn email. You could have just like this is in the scheme of things. Like we've got gargoyle women hitting us in the face. We've got jackpots. A whole hotel burned down. Like, relax. Yes. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> So they return home. They go back to their Playboy mansion and they're like, all right, let's think about this. And then, uh, and they start drinking. And then one of them says, now he knows how Brando feel felt. And I just love the reference. I just like the reference Reference to Marley Brando because of, because of, uh, Wally, Wally, Wally Brando. And it's on brand and it's on brand for them. (laughs) <laughs> yo i i was confused brand, by the reference though because i was like do they mean brando and the godfather i think so i thought so too i was a I little guess. confused by that okay but just regardless like i just loved that but um i just it's in this after the scene and they like decide that they want to kill dougie yes i just it's crazy how many people want dougie yeah dead now like, oh I everyone know. wants him dead Dougie's- the fact that he's still alive is insane Dougie is John Wick. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Dougie is John Wick is a Dougie great is reference. John Wick. Yes. Everyone wants him dead. Yes. And somehow he magically escapes. Except with Dougie, like with John Wick, it's like with skills, with martial arts skills right. and, and weapons knowledge. With Dougie, it's like basically Janie. <laughs> and, well, and like Black, and Law, Black Lodge Lock. Lock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, they're like, we're going to call and have a meeting with Douglas Jones tomorrow. We're going to deal with this because he took all of our money. He took not only our jackpots, but also this $30 million arson thing. Um, so anyway, now we are with Cole and he is sitting in his hotel room and he's drawing. And we never address the fact that he's just doodling. Right. Uh, what do you think he's drawing? I, I couldn't tell my screen was small. I couldn't tell either. I think it's like, it looked like spunky from Rocco's Modern Life. <laughs> also, 
Shout out, Rocka's Modern Life is being rebooted. I saw that. Okay. I'll watch it. I will totally watch that. <laughs> Let's and recap then- it. All right. <laughs> so no, I got to stop saying that out loud because you agree. <laughs> so I love that there's a hand that's trying to like go in and pet it. But then it looks like there's like fires tuning out from this I animal. I did not see all that much detail. I, I, I watched just, it on my phone and I was squinting. I was why like, did you watch it on your phone? I was walking. Oh. I had to be somewhere. I was watching it on my phone. You're Listen, funny. I was time management. It was important. Yes. Anyway, so. But okay, so I what this did make me think of though is when um uh baby coops was drawing on the insurance claims. Okay. Because I was like, is he drawing on a piece of paperwork? And maybe he's just doodling or well, whatever. Look, what happens next suggests that Cole is more knowing than we know, think. I always knew that Cole knew more than lots of things. But like I, I, okay, can I pitch a new show to this, to, to David Lynch and actually not David Lynch to like anyone who wants to do a fan fiction of David Cole's life or Gordon Cole's life? I would love a CSI type procedural called The Blue Rose Files and it's just Albert Rosenfeld and like Major Briggs and Gordon Cole and OG Coops, but like like investigating various Blue Rose cases, but like young them. Yes. Have you ever seen CSI Miami? I would watch that version of the Blue okay, Rose Files. Well, CSI Miami has like the main guy who like solves everything is like an it's not Miami. It's Vegas. CSI okay. Las Vegas. Perfect. Is like an entomologist. Blue Rose, Vegas. <laughs> he's like an entomologist and he's really cute and quirky. And he reminds me a lot of Gordon Cole, except um, less lynchy. Right. Um, you should watch at least one episode of CSI Las Vegas. It's from like eight years ago maybe even longer i don't remember watching it when i was like 10 i love it anyway how do you feel about that idea um would i watch it depends is it made by david lynch i don't think it should be i think it should be done by somebody who's done csi or or like then yeah i'd watch it or then yes or law and order yes Mm because but i want it to be all the blue rose cases that they've investigated in the past people are dead so we'd have to get all young look like actors yeah yeah you're fine with that okay i'm fine with it too i don't think it should be let's crowdfund it i would love this okay (laughs) i would love it so much Uh, okay it's just like because i'm like okay the blue rose cases like have fucked up cole over the years yeah he has some lingering issues and also like the way that he uses his his uh hearing He's paranoid. Well, it suggests now, too, with like we know how important electricity is that somehow that that maybe that ties into it. I think he records everything Nixon style and that he's super paranoid. That's because part of, of everything it. That's gone on. I think that's part of it. But it's also I think that like it could be some sort of transmitter for like picking up like electrical waves. I don't know. I don't know either. I just I just think that he's a pretty knowing dude. So anyway, what happens in the scene? Sorry. What, okay. So what happens is, is that um, there's a knock on his door and he walks over and there's ominous music. And then he has like, gets this like layover image of Laura Palmer screaming and crying from, from, uh, from, from Firewalk, Firewalk with me. With yeah. me. Um, and then her mom, Sarah Palmer shouting, Laura. Yeah. Right. And then appearing like, but beneath that vision is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Yes. And he comes in and Cole, like after just having a vision is like, yeah. Hey, what's up? Yeah. 
he's a little disoriented for like a second. Right. But then he pulls it together. Paul has very little emotional reaction to things. Yes. There's something that happens, uh, not in this episode, but the next episode. And I had this moment where I was like, Cole, like your grasp on not reality is way more chill than it should be. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, how much shit did you see? Right. Right. He's conditioned to be like fine with all of it. Anyway, that's what I'm so, saying. Like, it's just that he knows so like, I want to know how much he knows. That's what's so interesting. I know. Part of me. Because no, they also, I'm not going to make that complaint. Never well, mind. also in this sense, in this scene, we learn about the Diane cell phone thing. It's like they always are one step ahead of they're right. they're 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 not completely one step ahead. Obviously, they would have found Cooper already, uh-huh. but they're still like they have numbers on most people. Yeah. I mean, them. they definitely know a lot and Cole knows the most I do um, it is interesting that the writer creator of the show has the most stable omnipresent voice yes uh, part of me thinks that's not on purpose it's just like a part of what's happened right but well I mean to be fair like he wasn't that big of a he wasn't that big of a presence in the original in the original series. And now he they is. kind of have to have some yeah. sort of proxy for Cooper since Cooper's like in true 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 true. You know, I get I that know. they have they have become the Cooper and Truman dream team. Yeah, him and and they, they have to have some sort of. Like I'm fine with it. Prominent I just, investigation. I just wanted press. to make that. Comment. No, I agree. With you, you know, I just wanted to say that it's in. It's always interesting to me when the creator of the show makes themselves the most important character. Yeah. Or one, or a important character. And also to be fair to hit the other thing to be fair. I mean, listen, I agree with you. There's lots of complaints I have about uh, David Lynch. It's not a complaint. I just think it's but interesting. to be fair, he does. He's not like in every single one of his other shows and stuff. He's so not. Like, this yeah. is the only one. Yeah. This yeah. is the only one. So yeah. but I just wonder like if, if, if it was like a pigeonhole style thing, like, oh, wow. The only way to make this work is if this character who I've already played has yes. to become a bigger. Role. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in some ways, yeah, I, he's not yeah. wrong. I, I, I don't think he's the kind of, I mean, I definitely think David Lynch has an ego, but I don't think that's what this is. Yeah. I think it may be just coincidentally yeah. in that way. But anyway, okay. We have to get to what happened because it's a big deal. Right. Meredith. Yes. Sorry. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern comes in and he's like, he's like, Diane received a text message um, when her phone was blocked. And then after or whatever, you saw that whole thing that happened before in the last episode. Right. But and and he says that she got the message around the dinner table. The conversation is lively. And they were able to like backwards, backdoor, firewall, trace the text to Mexico. Right. And Diane responded with, they have Hastings. He is going to take them to the site. Right. So now we have evidence that Diane is corresponding with Poopy Coopy. Unknown. Yeah. Or at least like in most likely colluding with. What? Yeah. Uh, this whole Diane persona of her like, fuck you. I don't want to be involved. I have a harem of men. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Is like a gay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, and it's also I like Diana. Now I'm feeling like I should. Well, and also Cole says in this scene that he became he grew suspicious of her after when he hugged her after the after he she had met with um, Poopy Coopy. Well, you know what? Can I promote? Can I propose a theory? Yes. You know how Leland Palmer was doing all these horrible things and then felt really guilty about them. Right. I wonder if she has some kind of possession thing going on. That's possible. Or if she was Cooper, very, or if Poopy Coopy is holding something so intense over her head that that's why she's so angry. Well, she was like very, when they met, they, she was she very was distraught. Well, yeah. 
So I wonder if there's some kind of like someone living within her that's making it. Yeah, it's possible. Um, Okay. Ooh, and that makes me wonder if the same thing's going on with Audrey because he visited both of them. Well, who knows? Because we haven't seen Audrey yet and it's driving me crazy. Where the fuck is Audrey? It's driving me crazy. Where the fuck is Big Ed? Why is James just gone forever? I mean, that's not saying I liked him, but no. like, it just leave Why him out even... if he's not important. Just leave him out. Nobody would have said anything. It's funny. Anyway, fine. Okay. So Tammy comes into the hotel room shortly after that, and she shows another important piece of evidence, which is that, remember the the cute couple, Sam and whatever, who got killed by Tracy, the I think Tracy yeah. got killed on that amazing mid-century couch I remember. in New York. Yes. You remember? Mm-hmm. Um, well, they found a slide from one of the cameras and it is an image of that faceless thing floating. Yes. Looking at poopy coop. Yes. What? Yes. Poopy coopy and on his one of wig the, mullet. On one of the earliest cards. On one of the earliest cards. Whoa. Yep. Fuck. Okay. So... Now we have to go. We're going to the Great Northern Hotel. We're back in Twin Peaks. I love how much time we're spending in Twin Peaks. I do too. Um, And we're calling Ben Horn and it's Sylvia Horn who's calling Ben Horn. And we know what she's calling about. She's calling because she just got home invaded and robbed by her own grandson. And she is not happy about it. And she's mad at Ben about it, which is it his fault? I, but regardless, it's confirmation in this scene that they're officially separated or divorced. Yeah. Right. Right, because he has a thing going on with Beverly. Right. Well, anyway. because I wasn't sure if they were. I wasn't either. And I was like, oh, Ben Horn's cheating on his wife. That's not news. Not news, you know. But but they are divorced. So I feel kind of like more well, he, akin to Ben well, it's Horn almost now. Like, but he was like saying he couldn't. He couldn't. Go he couldn't do it. But now, now he can. But this whole time they were divorced. So what was stopping him? And yeah. I think morality. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that he didn't want to sleep with his employee. And I appreciate it. And that. she's married. Yes. Too. So, yeah. okay. But anyway, um, so Sylvia Horn is yelling like, you know, he came over here and he took all this money and it's basically insinuating it was Ben's fault. And he was like, well, how's Johnny? Which I thought was a totally great thing to ask. It's his son. Right. How's Johnny? Like, like, Okay. You're calling me upset. Something terrible happened. How's Johnny? And she's like, once again, you don't care about me. And I was like, what? He, this is like, um, your, your son just tried to kill himself by running. Him uh, this is like true bros wife. Yeah. As well. This yeah. is like, just like crazy older women, but also like for legitimate reasons. Yes. For legitimate reasons. Sure. Mm-hmm. She probably, she has two child, two children who, who are- have, have been hurt, yeah. And then she has a grandson who is psychotic and has traumatized right. her. Right, and she has a husband who cheated on her. Yes. So she divorced. You're right. She has every right to be as crazy as she is. You're right. And I just, feel just, bad. Just like True Bro's wife, she... She ha- also has a right to yeah. be upset. Yeah. I just... Mm, yeah. I just don't like rageful people. Well... But you... I, I, it's justified. I don't like... Their character characterization of the of these women, hysterical women of these hysterical women. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. But it's not that they they deserve every they, have, they have every a, they have, they have every yeah. right to to be that way. And it right. is interesting that they're well fleshed out, and it's the women who are victims are not fleshed out at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like I don't know. It's it's either it's you're a so hysterical or a whore. I I, I yeah I don't. 
There's not a single woman I like the characterization of in this show except for Constance, really. Mm, I don't hate Diane's. Diane is is a a chain smoking, loud mouth whore. Uh, she's not a whore. She has a harem of men or suitors oh. who she doesn't care about and like takes out her self hatred on them. Amazing. Yeah, but the way it's portrayed, I don't <laughs> love. I'm not saying that she shouldn't be promiscuous, but they're definitely insinuating that she shouldn't be. Um, I'm trying to. Think. I like Constance. I've always liked Shelly. I like Shelly. I've always loved Shelly. I'm. I didn't like her in the original show. I really like her now. I always loved her. Norma, I like Norma. I I just like Shelly's just really real, and she. I just really like her. Yeah. Oh, I love Nadine. Yeah. I right, find there's some women I like, but most of them are one dimensional. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's fine. Whatever. We this is this is something we harp on all the time. It doesn't mean that's we what you get for having it. women talk watching a Twin Peaks show. <laughs> watching, you know, a Twin Peaks show, a Twin Peaks show, a show about Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, well, well, Ben asks Beverly to dinner. I didn't like Beverly too, actually. Yeah, I like Beverly. Yeah. Okay, so because she's strong, she's a she's strong, strong lady. She's strong, and she has a complicated situation, and she seems to be handling it fairly and well. She. I mean, do what you want, girl. You do what you want, girl. Yeah. You're beautiful. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we're still in Twin Peaks again. Love, love, love. Yeah. Log Lady, another woman we like. Yes. Okay. Is on the phone with Hawk, a man we like. Or leave a voicemail Hawk or something. Hawk has never done any wrong. And I just. He's perfect. He's perfect. Yeah. We love him. Yes. Okay. And Hawk, uh, Log Lady says the electricity is buzzing and she can hear it. You hear it in the mountains, in the rivers, in the seas, in the stars, and glowing around the moon. But these days, the glow is dying. What will be left in the darkness? Yeah. Um, the Truman brothers are both true men. I love that. I was like, fuck, why didn't I think of that before? It's so obvious. <laughs> it's so obvious. I know. Um, and there's a close circle coming together around him and the people that you can trust, meaning Hawk and the people that he's trusted like right. around him. I'm thinking. I'm also thinking like it could be any of the good people that are in Twin Peaks. Right, I do. I mean, it's just a war of good versus evil. And and I think that there's a reason that we're seeing all of these characters in Twin Peaks. Like, I think it could easily be in, like an endgame situation where mm-hmm. every person with a good soul in Twin Peaks has to be involved. Yeah. Do you think it's going to be like the end of the Twilight movies where they're all on that epic battlefield and it's yes. the, the wolves versus the vampires? Yes. I seriously do think it could be that. I kind of hope so. Because or like, like Battle of Hogwarts. Well, because like, you know, OK, for instance, like Bobby was somebody who was Bobby and Shelly were people that were they were in, in between. They were in between their involvement, but they were and they were also in between their and like their level of involvement right. in this world. Right. They mm-hmm. they 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 did mischievous things. They bought cocaine, but they didn't like dabble in like the supernatural elements necessarily of Twin Peaks but now Mm -hmm. it's like they're starting to get more and more involved and but and Bobby's clearly a good person yeah like I I love new Bobs I love new Bobby Mm -hmm. and he's a like I he touched my heart frustrated me so much he I love in the him. original show, but now mm, he is beautiful. I love him so much. Also love his gray hair. Yes. And his mom looks amazing. Mom looks good. I love I, I love he's it. He's a good he's a good yeah. man all around. And I love that like they're building this storyline with Briggs 
like yeah. like knowing that he was going to be a good person. Oh, and I know. It's just so sweet. I love it. It's just so sweet. Um, cute. I love just, Major Briggs. Right. And then so I just love I love this scene. And I guess it's I mean, I guess it's suggesting that the glow of the moon is dying. I'm thinking the the, the moon is where the giant is. Like that's oh, where he they sent Laura. Maybe. Laura is the one, which is where oh, is the what, one. She's which is what the moon. Log lady glowing. says at the end of the There's of this message. Native American folklore. A lot of that has to do with the moon. Yeah. Um. She says. So log lady says Laura is the one. Yeah. And then finally we end this episode like we end almost all episodes. Right. Which is in the roadhouse mm-hmm. with a singer. Yes. Um, singing a uh, a very very roadhousian song now something co-written co-written Rebecca Del Rio is this lady who sung it co-written by David Lynch. Oh, okay. So you have like an analysis of this song. I just thought it was a really beautiful. She had a really beautiful voice. Well, she was wearing a black and white chevron dress. I also appreciated that she wasn't like like a hipster band. Oh, that I love. She, she was great. It was a very like jazzy like. This is very David Lynch style though. Like, oh, the, totally. Like, the singer felt right. and Mulholland Drive. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, that's what I was thinking. Like the sycamore tree thing. Yes. Yeah, it's just so, but, absolutely what I. But I love of. that she's wearing a black and white chevron dress, like the floor in the Black Lodge. Yep. And I did notice that. And that she say like the very first the very first line is like she's dreaming about going to the place where it all dreams began. so important. Yes. Where the last thing that was said before this is that Laura Laura is the one. Yeah. So saying that like basically we're gonna go back like that we have to go back to this to where it started. Laura Palmer was where this whole story started. These last two episodes have given so much momentum. Yes. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. How many more episodes do we have? We from here we have eight more episodes from the episode 10 eight more eight more episodes. Okay. Uh, Who is your favorite Myron character Caitlin? Ooh, my favorite minor character was Mr. Todd. Mr. Todd. Because I just really like how he discusses his enemies. Okay. Well, can I give you a top five? Yeah. Okay. Um, number five is, uh, I'm just going to pick a rent. Rebecca you mean you Del Rio. Oh, okay. I just cool. five. I couldn't think of five. Okay. So four is Bradley Meacham. <gasps> yeah. You mean, what is his? John Belushi? Yes. Yeah. Number three is Rodney Meacham. Jim Belushi. Yeah. One of them. Yes. One of the Belushi. Number three is uh, Rodney Meacham. Number two is Candy. But number one for for my favorite minor character of the episode is the Asian woman in the local (laughs) news. Let's roll the dice. Yeah, I did love her. Okay, I'm into that. She was so excited. She, she was loves rolling so dice. Excited. Even though she does it every day for yeah. her job. She loved it. Uh, ready? Yeah. Sweeping proclamations. Ah. Okay, well, I guess I just made mine, so I'll reiterate. I think that the end game I've already said previously in previous episode is definitely in Twin Peaks. No matter what, that's where the end game is going. Uh-huh. But the I, what I would say was that, you know, this circle of trust for Hawk is really going to involve every like I said, every single character in Twin Peaks that is has any goodness in them. OK, that's Nadine. Like that. That's Jacoby. That's like Shelly. That. Even Becky can be there. I she Nah, maybe not. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, Norma, Big Ed, Bobby, you know, they're all going to be there to facilitate 
I don't know what they're going to do with the Black Lodge. Close the Black Lodge. Get the White Lodge going again. Mm-hmm. Because it seems like it needs it needs some embers to its flame. It needs to catch some fires. Gotcha. I don't know. Yeah. But it, that's my that's my sweeping proclamation. Okay. My sweeping proclamation is that Jerry is going to find the opening to the Black Lodge because he's already in the fucking woods. Yeah, I think that's very likely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, or that or now that that ha- we know that Hawk and Truman are probably going to be in the woods at a certain time. Yeah. Maybe they run into him and things get like or like he's happens to be at the location when they need to be there mm-hmm. and accidentally they like have a thing going on. I don't know. Or yeah. like he triggers maybe an event. Yeah. Like his weed smoke. Yes. Is, which smoking weed is a native American thing. Yes. So maybe there's like a passing of the pipe situation. Yes. Um, where's Bob Meredith? Uh, I guess I liked your suggestion. I think your suggestion of him being her, him being in Diana is pretty good. I'm going to go with Ooh, that. Okay. I was going to say he's in Richard Horn. Yeah. I think he's in Richard Horn. Richard Horn, I think, is just evil <sighs> without, with, Fuck. I don't know. I think he might be in Richard Horn. Okay. But I don't know because he doesn't, because Bob, like in Leland Palmer, was very manipulative. Yes. And Richard Horn is just like a fucking train. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think, so, I think that he's just evil. I could see Diane maybe too, but I both maybe. Yeah. Meredith, yeah. What's Donna been up to? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> so <laughs> glad. I thought no one was ever going to mention Donna. Nobody again, ever. And does. I'm really glad you asked. Good. Um, I'm gonna say. Did she go to jail? Uh, I I put her in jail. Did she get out? She's out now. Okay. That's that's white collar crime, short sentence. She is currently starting her own nonprofit though for her community service hours because she can't follow anyone else's roles. Right. So she started her own nonprofit. Uh, it's called um, uh, Cat's Cradle. Right. Where you Heard of it. Mm-hmm. just make cradles for cats. Yes. <laughs> From yarn. From yarn. And they, it's more like a, yeah. It's not cat. It's not the game. No. It's not. No. <laughs> it is. Um, also, Cats don't need cradles. It's the whitest thing I've ever heard of. Nonprofit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, um, because we saw James hanging out at the Roadhouse. Right. Ten episodes ago. Right. Um, and we've been like, what has James been doing lately? But right. we also know that he's a little bit messed up from his motorcycle accident. Right. Mm-hmm. He has just figured out how to use FaceTime. Right. And he has been calling Donna off the hook. Has she ever answered? She's struggling with it. She's talking to her therapist about how she wants to approach all of these missed FaceTime calls from Bobby. Right. One, because she's not sure if she can communicate with him because of his accident. Right. But also because, you know, there's a lot of unspokenness there. Right. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Mm hmm. I like where Donna's going. Very interesting. She's doing a lot of reflecting. (laughs) Yes. A lot of a lot of interesting things you've done, Donna. Ah, you know what, guys? You should tell us where Donna is on our social medias. Yeah. If you have any insight into where the fuck Donna is. I would love to know. Let us know. You can reach us 
at TWBD podcast on the Twitters and the Instas. Mm-hmm. You can go to Facebook.com slash there will be drinking podcast. Yes. Um, or you can email us at TWBPodcast at gmail.com. Oh, wait. We've had some amazing emails lately. Wait, it's Facebook.com slash TWBD podcast. I'm sorry I didn't correct you oh, the first fuck. time. Sorry. Fuck. We've uh, lost people. Yep. Um, but you can go to our website, which has everything you could possibly want on it. Yes. There will be drinking podcast.com. Yes. Uh, and then yes, Meredith, most of the two most important things you can do. The most important, like the thing that you should should do do right now, if you haven't is rate and subscribe is rate and subscribe is so helpful. It makes all the difference. It really brings our metrics up in a way that like gets us to continue. Really wish you guys. Like yeah, it's like the like which, a little pep which talk you guys have been us. doing a great job. It's a little I mean, pep talk for us. I like, do we have need to say we we've liked the stuff that's been added. It's at a we slow pace, it. and we appreciate it. So just yeah. if you want to keep that going, that'd but be we, really great. We love you. Yeah, and then also, uh, if you really really love us, yeah. and want us to keep drinking, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, we're gonna have to stop. Yeah, because we can't afford it. Yeah, become a patron. Patreon.com. Patreon.com. Dash slash TWBD podcast. Yeah. Um, we already have some great donors. Yes. They're donating what they can. Yes. And they want us to keep making podcasts. They don't want me to get lost in the woods again. No. Um, and we just really And that was because we didn't it. have money. Yeah. That was why. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I couldn't afford don't to get bribe you a them. Don't bribe them. Don't bribe them. Compasses are expensive. I couldn't now afford Because they're get like a novelty because of GPS. Couldn't afford it. I know. That's why you stayed there so long. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> I didn't get you the coordinates on time. I'm, I'm fine. I figured it out. Okay. I use sun. Okay. I use the sun. Um. Anyway, but get on there and, you know, $1, $2, $1,000, whatever you can afford. Think of it like a tax bracket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Yes. Love you guys forever. Love you. Remember. Pie up your life. Pie up that life. Have a damn good cup of coffee. Have a damn fine cup of coffee. Love you, bye. Bye, 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 bye.